Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the newest comic duo, Davis, a dabbler in many disciplines with a voice that can soothe and persuade. Mike, a fanatical specialist with a mouth like a bullhorn, fueled by strong opinions and a compulsion to share them with microphones and comics in hand. They are Jacks of Trades. Hey everybody, I'm Mike. And I'm Davis. And this is Jacks of Trades. On Jacks of Trades, we read, review, and rate trade paperbacks and graphic novels from major and indie comic publishers. We're not experts, we just like hanging out and talking about comics. What's going on, Davis? Oh, nothing much, Mike. And you're right, we're not experts, but we are flexperts. No, 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 we're not. Well, you are. You, you have muscles. I mean, to an extent. I'm, I'm too old to be doing all that. Oh, well, that's I a mean, good point. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still fit and active. But well, that, that, that and baby oil makes you break out. But yeah, it, it, it's weird. It, I can't wash it off. It's still oily. I don't. I don't get it either, dude. Anyway, we got a very well, how are special you? episode today. That's how I am, Davis. I'm excited about this episode. We have four one owned on the show mm-hmm. video game podcast to talk about Halo, Fall of Reach, the comic book, the video game, the miniseries, the. Novel? The novel. Yeah we, yeah, we touched the novel a little bit. Oh. I mean, yeah. Guys, we're in the future. We know what already happened. It was a great episode. Ooh, future. It was weird. Why Why is it so quiet? It's weird when you do that. Because it's spooky. I guess. Anyway, guys, check out the episode. Hey, everybody. This is Davis. And Mike. And Jack. And Kevin. All right, so we have a very special, fun, fun episode of Jacks of Trades with y'all. We have uh, some of our good buddies over here, brand new friends at the 410 podcast, uh, talking about um, uh, some some video game and nerd stuff. Nerds and guns and stuff. All right. well, Thanks. Things we all really enjoy. But gentlemen, could you please introduce yourselves to our lovely, lovely viewership? No one's viewing, Davis. It's an audio medium. Sorry, list the nurse. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, they, they, they listen to us. So it's a listenership. They, li- <laughs> they listen in the end. Uh, so we are 410 owned. We have been doing this video game podcast for a few years now. Um, it's a group of four of us that rotate in and out. Um, I'm, I'm Jack. I'm the host of the show uh, for the most part when I'm here. Uh, and when I'm not here, it's usually Kevin, uh, who is to my right. And um, he's kind of the father of the show. Uh, it was his idea to start this up way back when. Uh, it's gone through some changes, but we really like what we do now. Man, what, man what, is, what is kind of the general format of the show? Uh, Insanity, mostly. Yeah, it, I mean, fair. it gets pretty crazy. But typically, we open the show with uh, like two or three discussion topics of major news points for, for the past week in gaming. And then we'll go through and talk about what we've been playing the past week. Uh, we try to touch on you know new releases as they come out, but it doesn't always work out that way. But, um, you know, the, the, the opening of the show is more of a discussion than just like rehashing what the, the major news points of the past week were. Like we give our takes on it. Like how does it impact the industry? Is it good? Is it bad? You know, that kind of stuff. Well, that's one thing. Um, I, I was really drawn to y'all show and kind of when we approached y'all because I distinctly remember listening to y'all talk about Fallout 76. 
And it was like most things, whenever a new game comes out, if it's garbage or really praised, it's very easy to jump on these bandwagons. But when everyone was sitting there bashing it and bashing it, like I was listening to this very nuanced discussion where one of you was playing the beta with his wife, I believe. And uh, y'all were like, yeah, we're having fun. Like, here are some problems. But currently, you know, I think these will be their growing pains, but I've been enjoying it. And you, it just wasn't the typical hot take everyone saw in the same headlines. And I just really enjoyed, y'all you know, would get really deep dive into these conversations. And in a time when there's so many video game and nerd podcasts and fandom podcasts, I just felt like y'all stood out and definitely tried to really analyze these things. Well, thanks, man. I mean, that's, that's what we usually go for. You know, we don't, we don't just jump on the bandwagon and, and like a game because everybody else does. That would make us the EA haters club. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone's an EA hater. I mean, you know, they got microtransactions. They they ruin Star Wars, maybe. Yeah, that's pretty bad. So it's not really our our you know mo video game wise. But what are you guys playing right now? Just give us a quick little snippet. Um, I've been playing a lot of the Division Two. Love right. that game. I uh, picked up Mortal Kombat XL again in preparation for Mortal Kombat 11. So, nice. Just murdering things. Absolutely. Get get those nice good uh those those the other ones that has the uh, the x-ray ones yeah. where you watch, you know, bones break and uh spinal columns get ruptured and everything. Yep. It's good stuff. That's gross. Beautiful. Well, I mean, it's it's it, you, listen, there could be there could be beauty in destruction as well, Mike. I mean, yeah, but can beauty come out of ashes? See? Yeah. Look. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> diamonds, Michael. Diamonds. They're carbon. You see what I have to deal with here, guys? <laughs> do, you, do you understand my daily struggle now? Ah. Anyway, we are here because we found a nice little bridge point between your world and ours. That's right. We're doing the Legend of Zelda manga series. No, no, Davis. We're not, <laughs> not going to do that. Yeah, Mike doesn't want to read manga. He doesn't want to read a Zelda manga. I don't like reading backwards. Uh. It's confusing. <laughs> No, Sanskrit. We're, we're we're here to talk about uh, Halo, Fall of Reach. It has been a graphic novel, a actual novel. It's been a uh, a game, a TV series. There's so many different formats of yeah, it. Yeah, they did have an they had an animated movie that came out, right? Or was that the TV series? Uh, it was some form of televised medium. Good enough. I believe it was an animated miniseries. Good enough. But yeah, anyway, it's a nice little bridge point between our world of comics and your world of games. So we figured it'd be a great place to start. Uh, I agree. So, so, so just a, a quick, who here, I mean, I'm a big Halo fan. Davis, not so much. Are you guys big Halo fans? Yeah, played through all of them. Uh, I'm a huge Halo fan as far as the games are concerned. Kevin is more of the rounded Halo fan. He's got a lot of the novels and... The novels and the extras. Hell yeah. The bobbleheads. <laughs> Only a couple of them. O only a few. Keep Come them on. hidden. Come on. <laughs> so the um, the the general uh, explanation of the world, it is uh, 2552. It's the future, obviously, uh, and this alien kind of conglomerate called the Covenant of multiple different races are threatening to, you know, uh, cause extinction to humanity. So the human race decides to fight back, and we have this amazing, super powerful weapon called a Spartan, which when Halo first came out, Combat Evolved on the original Xbox, it might have been the single coolest thing I'd ever seen. I, I would agree with that. 
just this this green armored, you know, tank person. Yeah, like 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 a, like a tank human with this just faceless shield over, you know, and just this unstoppable force of murder. Just riding riding warthogs and scorpions and 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 pistols only. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'd half expected the uh, upgrade system for that game if it had one to be putting a tank cannon in the middle of his chest, <laughs> or or like the um, like uh, War Machine from the Iron Man series, just a big old a big old Gatling gun glued to his shoulder. <laughs> I was just gonna say he's like two steps away from becoming yeah, Iron Man. Just just well, I mean, he does have a nuke in him. Yeah, but he can't double jump. I mean, <laughs> he can kind of double jump. I mean, not in the first one. You got to get into space in four, and then you can double jump all you want. Well, well, well then, oh, okay. then you do the BXR, and that's how you really get going. What's a BXR? It's it, it's a technique with a rocket launcher that like it's 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 a it's a very complicated way to get on hard to reach spots of a multiplayer map. Gotcha. Okay. You just winked at me. Yes, I did wink <laughs> at you because this is a this is an audio podcast. Yeah, everybody so saw that. Visual Great cues job, works well. So, um, <laughs> so 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 we we know the world, um, but the actual fall of Reach story uh, is really kind of tells the background because when we get to Halo Combat Evolved, we just meet the Master Chief. You know, mm-hmm. we don't really know anything about him. He's just kind of awesome, and by kind of I mean very, and he's. Just trucking through anybody in front of him, unless you're on legendary, and then you have to save and come back a couple times. But this world, Halo Fall of Reach, was kind of the first instance where they really built out the expanded mm-hmm. universe to kind of understand where this character came from. Now, the uh, the, the novel, the first iteration, Fall of Reach, that was 2004, right? Uh, earlier, I believe. Earlier uh, than that? I think it was like right around wow. right around the initial game because it was like supposed to be the tie-in novel, the combat evolved after it hit. Yeah, yeah. I, I have 2001 <laughs> in my notes, and I'm pretty sure um, the first Xbox came out, what, late 2000, early 2001? Well, late 99, early 2000. Okay, so so, oh, wow. so right around that time frame. Yeah, because uh, yeah, the, the Xbox launch title games were terrible. And initially, hmm. it was for Apple. It was for Max. Yep. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. But yeah, then it was supposed to be a third person action game at the time. That would have been terrible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, like, it is literally the game that changed FPS from that point forward. Yeah, that's why it was combat evolved. Yeah, it was. Thanks, marketing. It was it was the first big change in the first person console shooter market since GoldenEye on the N64. Well, so so expand on that. I mean, you, you guys are the game experts here. Uh, what did Halo really do differently that previous FPSs didn't and that later ones kind of built upon? It gave the genre, I'd say, life and color. Like, when when N64 had Goldeneye out, it worked. It was fun. It was very limited. It was very blocky. And there were first-person shooter games out there, but none that really enticed the audience. When Microsoft brought Halo to the market, um, it gave almost a Star Wars style story to this soldier that no one knew, no one knew that they cared about till they got their hands on it and also laid the groundwork for the multiplayer that it provided by building the Xbox with modern networking standards. Uh, they were able to do 
LAN parties like with your computer mm-hmm. to play that game with your friends before Xbox Live kicked off. So it was really a full package that helped breathe life into the first-person shooter genre. And, I mean, without Halo's success at the beginning of the Xbox, Call of Duty wouldn't be what it is today. Battlefield still probably would have survived on the PC, but they've <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely changed since Halo came out. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, I remember um, me and our producer, Greg, some of our earliest foundational friendship moments were over Halo. That, that first Halo of, okay, bring your Xbox over, we'll hook them up, we'll play together. You know, don't screen peek, but... Yeah. You know, but no, like, like you bring up a great point because the multiplayer is really kind of what elevated it, but... Mm-hmm you never would have gotten to the multiplayer if the story hadn't been built out in a way that people cared. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, it is a, it with master chief kind of being this, uh, well, quasi silent protagonist of the whole thing. It really is kind of a, I mean, you, you, I played a lot of the Zelda games and it is the same thing. Like you are link, you are the silent protagonist. However, with this little bit of banter back and forth that you had with, uh, Cortana, in that game, it kind of helped evolve this character to where you actually, you don't really know his motivations, except I'm here on a mission. This is what I have to do, and I'm going to accomplish it no matter what aliens and or weapons I need to do to get that taken care of. Yep. The the goal it keeps marching on for the chief no matter what. Mm-hmm. Go forward. And the great thing about Fall of Reach is it really expanded upon who the chief was. Because we, we kind of knew the chief... You got a little interaction with Cortana. If you went to the terminals, you knew some more about the world. But otherwise, there wasn't a lot of like story necessarily relatively um, easy to find in the game. There was little yeah. hints here and there, and you got to see a sense of the world. There was a lot of world building, but not a lot of like direct storytelling. And the Fall of Reach story kind of gives Chief way more humanity than he previously had. Mm-hmm. We find out about this this Spartan program created by Dr. Catherine Halsey, and it's honestly kind of horrific if you really think about it. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 whenever the sheer principle is like, okay, tell you what, we're just going to abduct these kids that are six and then raise them in a military-style program— oh, but we're not just going to abduct them. We're going to put little clones in replace of them, and they're going to die. So these parents just think they lost their kids. Don't forget the gaslighting of their parents. <laughs> yeah, it, as far as sci-fi origin stories go, it was one of the darkest ones I've ever read. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right about that. And I don't know, it, it's, it's an interesting... I mean, the whole series kind of is. It's an interesting commentary on human conflict... And, and the lengths that we're willing to go to to kind of protect our own. Mm-hmm. I also think one of the coolest things about the the story of Reach and the Spartan program is that we got Master Chief out of that. We didn't get this incredibly um, like hell-bent villain. We got a savior. Yeah, it, it could have easily gone very wrong. Right. And and, and know, he 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 could have found out what happened, you know, how he was created, and then just went nuts and murdered everyone. But I, my question there is: is that a testament to his altruism, or a testament to the power of indoctrination, or like a gray area in between the two? 
I'd say a gray area in between the two. Oh, yeah, as absolutely. The, yeah. As the games and stories have evolved, you've seen him start to follow less follow less orders and follow his own path. Yeah, he goes more off the reservation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you will, I, especially I think, in what, four and five, and I'm assuming six, as soon as it yeah. comes out. Yeah, something definitely like that. The The interesting thing about this is less of what they created there, but why they created it. The original purpose of yeah. the Spartan program was to end the insurrection. Yeah, that, it had nothing to do with the aliens. That, mm-hmm. That's a great point. Before the Covenant even show up, there is... Uh, are, are you familiar with Gundam Wing? Gundam Wing? Yeah. No, I don't think so. No, uh, it, it's, an, it's an anime series, but it's the same kind of concept. There is you know, a centralized governmental power, and then there's these colonies in space that the centralized power is lording over the colonies, and they're kind of fed up with it. They're like, I, why am I supposed to listen to you anymore? Just because we came from you at some point? And, and that's the whole thing with Halo is that the, these colonies in space are now like, we don't need Earth's leadership necessarily. We're pretty self-sufficient. We're fine. And um, it's almost very like revolutionary war. Right. You know, kind of the, the main colonial power somewhat abusing these colonies for resources. Yeah, it's like, congratulations, you colonized this planet, but it's got a lot of resources we need, so now you owe us. Right. Now, uh, someone who's not familiar with the Halo, uh, you know, story and everything, but pretty much after they meet the Covenant, um, uh, the first encounter and everything, at that point, pretty much all the colonies are like, okay, everybody, like, let's all band together at this whole point, humanity versus non-humanity. No. No. Not really. Oh, okay. Because I kind of figured... That'd be a good, like, a uh, watchman type of thing where it's like, well, everyone kind of hates each other, but now we have aliens to deal with, so let's all band <laughs> together. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice if they did that, but the way the Covenant attacked and definitely the Fall of Reach story is no one knew what was going on. The yeah. planets were just gone. People were gone. No communication, nothing. And the planet was destroyed. How, when did it happen? What did it? No one knew. I mean, re- realistically, the Covenant's plan was to kind of remove the power structure. So their ultimate goal is Earth at mm-hmm. the end of the day. If they come across a colony planet, cool, they'll glass it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for those that don't know, by glassing, uh, these giant spaceships would sit in space and shoot plasma bolts down that would completely melt all of the surface of the planet to the point where it created like a volcanic glass. Jesus. Really brutal. Yeah, very brutal. There was a lot of moments as a child reading, reading Halo where I was like, this is so metal. <laughs> like it, it just just like the coolest things I'd never yet heard before. Ah, it makes so much sense now, Mike. But no, so the, the Spartan Project, like you said, started to fight the insurrection. And Master Chief is not the first Spartan. There was a Spartan 1 program that we kind of learned a little bit of about in the story. And that didn't go very well. Wait, isn't that the one where uh, they tried to put the suits on, but the sheer weight of everything just like ripped bone from sinew and like crushed everything in them? Yeah, that's part of it. Oh, okay. They also tried to do some basic like medical augmentations, uh, but these, you know, the test subjects were too old to adapt to it. Mm. So they were either horribly disfigured or killed in the process. Oh, okay. Well, that happens with experimentations. So yeah, it's just a normal day in the office, you know. 
I mean, if you're a shadowy government organization, unfortunately, I think so. I think that's just yeah, part I, of it. Like, you're like, okay, well, it's time to trade some lives for the safety of maybe my people later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like, uh, like, you know, hey, man, listen, we want you to stand out here in the middle of the New Mexico desert, and you're just going to watch this giant bomb go off. Cool, cool? Cool, cool? All right. <laughs> the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Oh, thank you, doctor. <laughs> So Catherine Halsey, like we said, develops this Spartan program. She identifies these young children, six years old, Mm -hmm. who have these uh, apparently obvious abilities. Yeah, there's a certain uh, genetic marker as well that she points out with like a specific. Yeah, there's some genetic involved. mm -hmm. There's some, you know, observational research involved. And she, like David said, abducts them, replaces them with what's called a flash clone. And we're not good at cloning people yet. So the clones just kind of get, you know, they break down over time. Right. Relatively shortly, they get what appears to be some sort of terminal illness and die. Brutal. Yeah. And then these kids are now just property of the government. Mm Mm-hmm. And they get raised in this training program by uh, Chief Franklin Mendez, who ends up being a very sympathetic character as the story kind of goes on. Which is nice. I, uh, one thing I really like about the Halo universe is no one character is really 100% evil. Yeah, just like in real life, there is that level of uh, ambiguity between intentions and interactions and everything else. Uh, I will say, just going through, the, uh, going through and talking about the Spartan program, uh, named after the Spartans themselves from ancient Sparta, and the example they give is the Battle of Thermopylae, mm-hmm. which... I mean, if this book came out in 2001, the previous 300 comic, the movie wouldn't come out until 2006, 2007 in that area. Something like that. And then the original Frank Miller comic came out in, what, the 90s and everything? So it's, it's kind Fact of... Fact checker Greg. Yeah, when did the original 300 comic come out? 1998. 1998. So it's a great kind of... Uh, just. Interesting how this story kind of keeps on resurfacing and re-going after so, itself. Kind of like Armageddon and Deep Impact? Right. Well, yeah, kind of. Two I stories mean, around the same time, similar similar inspiration? Exactly, exactly. Because then Halo did come out in 1999, as we said. Um, uh, kind of takes a couple of years to work on that. So maybe Frank Miller and the guy that you know was the original creator behind Halo was like, you know what, dude? You know what's really cool? The Battle of Thermopylae. And then Frank Miller's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then they went on like 1998 Wikipedia, i.e. the encyclopedia, learned about it, and then was like, all right, you make a game, I make a comic, and go. Are you talking about that software that came with your computer? No, that's Encarta. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it might have. Encyclopedia Britannica. There we go. (laughs) Encyclopedia Britannica. There we go. So I did have Encarta, but it was only the trial membership. Yeah, same here. I could I could see what an iguana was, but not a chameleon. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Um, I, I don't know. I might be speaking from experience or at my own butt. I don't it. know. I'll take it. But anyway, these these children are abducted. They are put into this highly intense training program, uh, and and one of the first real instances of um, kind of their abilities happens in this woods exercise. Are you guys familiar with the, the woods exercise when they're a kid? Yeah. Where they, uh, they're dropped off in the woods as a group. They have to find their way back 
to the facility and the last one, well, find their way to a drop zone. And the last one there has to walk back instead of getting picked up by a pelican, mm-hmm. which is a drop ship. If anybody doesn't know, it's got a big bill in the front so it can hold a lot of people and fishes. <laughs> Technically, no it gun. could hold fish, Davis. Yes, absolutely. But so, um, you you guys remember this experience? Yeah, yeah. Chief actually... Chief kind of really sets himself apart early on, right? Yeah, I mean, early on in that uh, during the beginning tests, he kind of went rogue and solo and cost his unit dinner because he uh, ran ahead and didn't bother to help as a team. Yeah, yes. Because, I mean, the Master Chief early on, even as, even as a, a six-year-old, we know he is the best. Like, it's it's pretty clearly ev- evident in the stories that he has the most mental and physical capabilities. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But so they, they go into these woodland exercises, and they come across this this group of what could be soldiers. I mean, they have weapons, they have uniforms, but they don't quite look right. And they end up using the tactics they learned in their uh, in the classroom, right? Because little kids are sponges. Like you, you give them an example, and then they just go ahead, absorb it, retain it, go. I also do like that they kind of pull the like in Thor Ragnarok, the help, my friend is dying, he's dying, and then you trick them and throw them off guard completely, and then boom, go ahead, capture the guy with the stun guns, throw rocks at him. Yeah, and when you have. 35 40 kids throwing rocks at you it's gonna hurt i feel like this harkens back to the one horse-sized duck or a dozen duck-sized horses or 100 duck-sized horses right yes where you're like okay i'm fine fighting a duck-sized horse but if there's a hundred of them well no it's 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 either one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses yeah. So it's just, man, that's a lot of little things to like, you know, have to have to deal with because it is a bunch of horses or my perf- my personal favorite example is so you have just waves of, you know, uh, 10 second graders all charging after you. You have to beat them up. And then every fifth one, there's like a 10 year old that actually has a baseball bat. And you got to go against them and like see how long you would last. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be long. This this seems like a terrible horde mode, Davis. I mean, it's it's you can beat up children. It's it's fine. They're 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 easy to you know. Pop, pop. Someone needs to make this right now. I, I, I feel like this is definitely a Call of Duty mod. This is one hundred percent a mod. It's like it, or I'm not saying it's like the, the the most evil version of zombies we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess so. So these these kids are are being trained and. At a certain point, it's time to undergo some augmentations, right? They have to get physically augmented. They have to get mentally augmented. Basically, the closest thing to cyborgs without being unrecognizable. Right. Just kind of implanting as much technology into them as possible. And again, it is horrific. Massive casualties. More than half of the class is gone. And they also speed their growth to make them stronger look older everything like yeah they they, they get taller they get thicker they get heavier oh the hormones and everything like you know it's kind of just pumping them full of like you know horse testosterone and everything make them bigger that's like going from 12 to 18 in three months jesus yeah there's it's not in the comic unfortunately but Mm -hmm. it is in the graph in the uh the actual paperback novel um if you're familiar with the scene where master chief post-surgery is in the gym for the first time 
and some Marines decide they're going to challenge him to a boxing match. And he nearly kills three Marines without trying. I was going to say, and he kills all of them. They don't die. But okay. things they don't end well. That, they actually put that scene in the little movie adaptation of the graphic novel. Yeah. Oh, no way. It's, 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 it's an interesting dynamic because especially in the world we're currently living in, mm-hmm. we're getting to the point where that's actually a real thing. Like, you know, CRISPR is becoming a technology that's actually usable mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Where do we kind of draw the line on this? You know, how, how do you guys, you know, feel about, I guess, a certain level of augmentation? We already have the conversation with steroids and sports. Right. I feel like any technology that's created to do good can be used and changed for evil. Like the augmentations that they went through were horrible. But imagine one of those being used for someone who's paralyzed and make them walk again. Yeah, I mean, it's like a double-edged sword. You mm-hmm. can have too much of a good thing, and it turns bad. Yeah, it really kind of stems back to that. Uh, the kind of as Mike was saying earlier, with that. Okay, are these people there? They're e- they, they're not necessarily all evil, but they do have bad intention. It kind of this uh, this kind of gray area of ambiguity just kind of is throughout pretty much everything that I've seen so far in the Halo universe, especially in this graphic novel, about the fact that there is just a kind of gray area with every action that is taken. Yeah, it's like, we're doing this for a good reason, right? We're not the bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're constantly questioning themselves. And that's one of the things I love about sci-fi, especially as a medium, is you can really explore these topics of this particular circumstance may not be a hundred percent good but it may have good outcomes or it may have good intentions and have gone poorly you know you don't get that necessarily in oscar bait dramas or anything but you but you really do they explore it in things like horror and sci-fi those fringe genres that we as nerds really gravitate towards because they do tend to tell a more complicated and and, you know more i guess soul-searching level of story Mm mm-hmm I totally agree. It has a little bit of everything, including the Covenant's motivation being religion. That's one of the great parts about the the book series, especially, is you get to learn more about the Covenant. Because going into the game, it, they're just these enemies, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, this th- this is a short one, and he's easy to shoot in the face. Or you hit him in the, the methane tank, and he explodes. Yeah. This one's got a shield. He's bigger. He's harder to kill. This one, aim for the little orange spot. That's really hard if you're not good at first-person shooters to hit. (laughs) So I asked Davis to learn the names of all the actual alien species. Oh, crap. (laughs) And I knew he... Do do you guys know any of the actual alien species names? Are you that nerdy, or am I the one that's going to wear this, this super nerd hat right now? The the actual like alien names or what we called them? No, what what they called themselves before uh, we dubbed them. I know the elite are saying Healy. Yes, yes, very good. Yeah, that, that's all you guys. I'm I'm gonna sit this one out. <laughs> Here's the thing: it's not an award you want to win. Yeah, yeah we uh we we have a communicator at work that's basically a Skype AOL instant messenger. And talking to Mike, I'm like, oh yeah, Mike's like, look at me, I'm a, look at me, I'm the, I'm the elite guy. He's like, no, that guy's not the elite. That guy's the, the berserker. It's like, oh, Hunter, Davis. Hun- Hunter. Oh, so there, so that's the, that's the also in Colo. 
again, in, in, in Colo, it's like, yeah, I know the jackals are the guy with the jacked up faces and the shields. Yes, those are the Kleeklar. Kigyar. Same thing. You're close. Your vowels were right. Get, Your vowels were right. Um, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, the little tiny ones that, the, with the gas mask face. Those are the grunts. Yeah, they breathe methane exclusively, and they're the squ- uh, Nope, the ungoy. Same thing. Um, uh, but yeah, that's about all I got. Mike, Mike, Mike's been really getting excited and nerded out about this, uh, this comic. So I'm, 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 I'm happy we're finally doing this. But no, like, like you guys said, they really do kind of expand upon the, um, who the covenant are and, and why they're doing what they're doing. Do you, one of you want to talk about what the actual motivation is behind the covenant? Uh, basically it's the prophets, the prophets of their religion. So the money they make on high. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. So so the money they make. (laughs) No (laughs) profit with an E Davis. Oh, okay. Yeah. But they, uh, they, they declared that, you know, almost like Hitler and the Jews. It's like, no, you're not good enough to live. The gods say you must die. So yeah, we're going to kill all of you and everyone in their religion followed them blindly. Now, I think it is interesting, the fact that it is, like, the prophets are a separate alien race altogether, right? San yep. Cheyenne, yes. San Cheyenne. Saint Cheyenne, gotcha. Nope, but... Um, uh, in Espanol, es San Cheyenne. Keep, keep anyway, going. Um, uh, and I think it's really interesting how they are able to take all of these uh, alien races and kind of, you know, unite them together under this religion, as you said, to where it's like, no, we are the prophets. We're the ones that are dictated from on high. We are the ones that are going to be able to, you know, control and lead y'all. Whereas, I don't know, I'm pretty sure like about 20 grunts could take out a prophet. I mean, I think less than 20. Yeah, I mean, they don't really do much. They sit in a floating chair. Did did either of you see um, The Favorite? The new movie, um, it, it shows Victorian, well, I think it's slightly before Victorian England. Edwardian. Uh, with um, Emma Stone's in it. Mm, no, no. It, it it one of the main characters is Queen Anne, and she's terribly infirmed. And the whole movie, I'm sitting there going, "Why doesn't somebody just kill her? I don't understand." And and you feel that with the Sunshine, they can't even walk. They they have they have opulented themselves into floating thrones. Yet they're so so powerful. It it it's kind of an uncomfortable commentary on. Um, Catholic missions in the 17 and 1800s. Yeah. Just like the crusades. Yeah. Well, yeah. Even before that too, just, just as far back as, you know, these powerful religions going into these lesser civilized areas and leveraging their knowledge, their technology, their resources against this force that really can't do much to protect themselves. Hmm. Apparently, they didn't have Star Trek in that universe, so the Covenant didn't learn. <laughs> I mean, I don't... Okay, so let, let, let's follow this. How do you think Kirk's going to stand up against an elite? Is he going to have sex with it? <laughs> possibility. I, I, think, I think Kirk's going to have Char- sex with charm it. Charm his way into a peaceful resolution. There we go. There we go. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, like you mentioned, it was... Uh, these were originally created to fight an insurrection... But that doesn't get mentioned to the general populace. They keep that information to themselves. When they unveil the, you know, Spartans, it's, 
oh, we built these saviors to fight against the alien overlords. Wink. And they just kind of hide away the fact that, no, we built these guys to kill humans. Yeah, but now that we really need them, aren't you glad that we did that, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Halsey hides behind that a lot uh, throughout the, the stories told in the Halo universe. You know, it's whenever anybody questions her morality, she always goes back to, well, if I hadn't created the Spartans, you'd all be dead. What do you guys think about Halsey? Like, like just, just in general, you know, is she a good guy? As far as the beginning of the stories to go, no. She's a villain. Mm. Yeah. But I, I, think, given, I think you're right on that. Given the uh, situation that they got thrust into, uh, she's basically a hero by the end. But it's like it in the later games, you kind of learn it taxes her. It's like, at what cost did I do this? Mm-hmm. Yes, we saved many people. We did great things, but later games you can see in her face it's like i why why did we do this because at a certain point she really does feel for the kids you know mm-hmm. they they end up kind of being her children um there's a moment in uh the the game reach where jorge actually calls her mom yep. yeah you know so so there's really this this very familiar relationship between them and then she has to not only abduct them as children augment them Mm-hmm. then send them into combat in situations where no human is supposed to survive and they're supposed to figure it out or die trying. And a lot of them do. Mm-hmm. As much as the Master Chief seems invincible, all his comrades, he's one of the very few that still lip breathe. I was about to say, isn't, well, it wasn't the whole, one of the big draws is that Master Chief is the last Spartan? No. Uh, no, we no. thought I he was they, in the first game. Okay, that, that was kind of the selling point, and then they built the story around that. Okay, okay. Because in uh, he's one of the last of the Spartan twos. Um, his squad blue team was actually all together in Halo Five. Yeah, th- th- there is. Um, it was Linda, Kelly, and Fred, along with Master Chief in Halo Five, but. We believe they're all dead at the end of Reach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the whole point of the story. But then then you look at the game, um, the game Reach, and we learn Spartan 3s were already being created by this time. Whoa, they're Spartan 3s? They're Spartan 4s, Davis. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Eventually, they think they got the augmentation down, but they switched off of children and started just augmenting soldiers. Yeah, Spartan 4s were voluntary adults. Oh. Well, kind of like a Navy SEAL. like like It was like a, a spec ops group. Okay, that's do, do they have cloaking armor? I mean, some of them. Do they have shields? Yeah. Do they have? Do they still have the the battle rifle and the jetpack? Yeah, and they, they got jetpacks. Yeah, the Spartan, <laughs> Spartan Four is a pretty badass, dude. All right, well, but they're no Master Chief. Oh, uh, all right. So, so I need to borrow your Xbox and play these games, right? I mean, you can come to my house, but I'll just watch you play them. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, speaking of, we, we talked about casualties. You know, uh, the Spartan life is not a very uh, reliable situation. A lot of mm-hmm. a lot of deaths, a lot of danger. Uh, first of all, no Spartan dies, right? They just go missing in action. 
That was one uh, of the, the weird parts about the, the Halo universe is they Spartans do die, obviously. Yes. But as a morale standpoint, they only ever declare a Spartan missing in action. Right. Because the Spartans never die. And when a Spartan hits the battlefield, mm-hmm. he inspires all of the regular troops around him to a level that, that they cannot reach without that kind of morale boost. So Spartans are Goonies. Yes. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, yes, cool. Yes, uh, Master Chief's nickname is Chunk. Ah. Uh, <laughs> and, actually, and actually, speaking of the names, I do like the, uh, the, the fact that it's like, who are you? I'm John117. Okay, who about you? Fred. Kelly. It, it, they're very just basic names that is kind of like a, uh, an, like almost like an everyman name you can make with that. Well, no, yeah, totally I mean, agree. well, they lost their last name. Mm-hmm. Your family name doesn't matter anymore. Right. You get a number. Yes. The original Spartan program was 300 candidates. Mm-hmm. So you get a delineation. Yeah. There was a Kai. Kai's not necessarily a common name. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends on what part of the world you're from. I mean, I guess as long as it wasn't like, you know, Leonidas 001. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd have to name the child Leonidas. This is their first name. So they got to keep their first names. Yeah, they would just be Leo. For a lion. <laughs> I don't think there was a Leo. Oh, there might have. Fact checker Greg, what's the name of all the original 300 Spartans in the Spartan military <laughs> program in the Halo series and of games? Go. <laughs> go. I feel like Greg could name at least 100 off the top well, of no. his head. Jane, Linda, Kelly, Sam, John, uh, Fred. Uh, I mean, you got, you got some big Well, that's why, you have a, that's why you have a computer in front of you to like I know. There's 75. There was 75 that, got, that survived that's the right. augments. And then half of those. No, seventy five survived. Was it thirty something by the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah c- c- <laughs> it, it was. There's it was. A lot of it was a class. The original class of kids was three hundred. Then the ones that didn't wash out the program. There were seventy five mm-hmm. that made it to the augmentation stage, and then more than half of those ended up uh, either being disfigured or dying in the augmentation phase. Gross. But back to uh, casualties. The first real Spartan mission against the Covenant is when Master Chief gets this wild hair up his ass that he's going to board a Covenant destroyer and blow it up from the inside. (laughs) Sounds like where they got the idea for Halo 2. Oh, yeah. Uh Halo. I miss Halo 2. (laughs) It was such a it was such a conflicted game. Halo 2. (laughs) To say the least. I mean, the the multiplayer did a whole lot for the franchise, but the story was really weird. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we get our first like big casualty there. Uh, they end up discovering through uh, Captain Jacob Keyes' interaction with the Covenant. He figured out how to take down the shield system. Right, the Covenant mm-hmm. vessel. The Covenant vessels are covered in the shield. Mm-hmm. And they can fire these plasma bolts out, right? Yes. So you can't break down the shield to get to them. Unless you plan strategically to break the shield and then hit the actual vessel. Which is why they built vessels around Mac cannons. Which might be the single coolest thing in sci-fi ever. <laughs> just, just building a ship just to hold a gun. It, it's yeah, it's like the, the intergalactic version of a warthog. An A-10 warthog. The A-10 Warthog and, and, and the U.S. military, they had a giant chain gun, mm-hmm. and they built a plane around it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing those pictures. 
I thought you were talking about the um uh, the the warthog with either the grenade launcher no, no, or no, the gatling no. gun on top. Did, did like, either of you play Halo Wars? Yes. Is I there is there a better sound in video games than spinning up Mac round? No. <laughs> I mean, it's just this giant slug of lead the size of four city blocks. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But the, they, the destruction of that weapon is amazing. It was it, it was such a cool concept because you're like, I mean, we we were all kids playing with Legos. At some point, you built a giant gun that flew, <laughs> and it makes no sense, right? It's mm-hmm. it, it's it's like uh, the original iteration of um, Megatron. He, his his non robot form is a pistol. Yeah, a giant pistol. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. No, it makes total sense because the leader is only as good as what in the hands of his followers. I think you're looking way too far into the original Transformers, Davis. Whatever, man. Whatever. <laughs> All I'm saying is this. Leaders help out their subordinates. That is why Megatron, in theory, although he was verbally abrasive to start scream, was at least like a good leader in that sense. Okay. I don't know a lot about Transformers. I'm sorry. Eh, don't worry. Neither do I. Shia LaBeouf was in a couple. Transformers movie. Oh, that was a fantastic. You got the touch. Dude, best work of Judd Nelson in a film ever. Agreed. So anyway, just, just to quickly recap the story, because we, we, we got a little rambly here, guys. Uh, that's my fault, to be honest. I'm, I'm perfectly fine taking the responsibility. Uh, we get to the Covenant finally find Reach, which is a huge staging area for the human military. And this this battle ensues that is just so heartbreaking because all the teams split off. They're all, you know, up until this point, the, the Spartans keep winning. They keep winning. They keep winning. They keep winning. And then this is the first time where they all start to lose. And as you're reading or watching or playing or whichever format you're, you're consuming this medium in, you slowly realize they're all going to die. And it's just this super heart-wrenching moment, but it, it it sets up the fact that Master Chief survives. He's the quote-unquote last Spartan in the first Spartan, you know, Halo game, and then and then gets out to uh, on the Pillar of Autumn, if I remember correctly, right? Yes, the Pillar yep. of Autumn, because that is the name of the first level in the first Halo game, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Ha. Huh. Davis I, knows something. I know a thing. Or Davis two. knows something. So, do, do, do you guys want to talk about uh, the actual Reach game and how it's very different from the book, but it tells the same kind of story from a different vantage point? Yeah. Um, the Reach game starts out with a bunch of Spartan 3s, if I'm not mistaken. And basically, Reach is under siege by the Covenant. They know that's where the Spartans are coming from, and they're trying to shut it down. And... That whole game basically takes place while the Master Chief is trying to get on the Pillow of Autumn and begin the first game. It was almost like a Rogue One tie-in. Hmm. Like I, I was going to say, did Reach come before or after ODST? After. Because ODST was the first one to tell a story adjacent to Master Chief. Right. Yep. With all that smooth jazz. <laughs> yes, Greg, there was a lot of smooth jazz. So the whole the whole idea of, of the Reach video game, it, it, it follows Noble Team, and you play as Noble Six, the silent 
um, Spartan member of of the noble team, and they give you know they give all the other Spartans a lot of dialogue so that they build those characters up, and then as you watch each one of them die, it it just feeds into that emotional um, travesty that that you're experiencing that we haven't really gotten a lot of in Halo as far as the video games are concerned because you're just always playing Master Chief and you're always mowing all the Covenant down. You yeah, you're have, always winning. Yeah, you don't have this, this consequence. And then you experience it in Reach and you're like, holy crap. Like, I mean, we understand how badass John 117 is, but it kind of really brings it back into perspective that he is an anomaly mm -hmm. in this program because you watch all the other Spartans just die all around you. And then when you reach the end of the game, your objective is to survive. Literally, that's just all it says. It says survive and the covenant do not stop coming. And it's just, it's an unwinnable horde mode. Yeah. 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 Left alone on a dying planet with no way off. Right, and the, the planet is being glassed around you. Can one it's of you incredible. guys um, speak to the Spartan 3 program? Because it's very different from the Spartan 2 program, correct? I think they sped things up a little. I think that was still kids that were trained. Uh, yes, they didn't yes, it was, it was children. Yeah, they didn't switch to volunteer adults until 4. Uh, the 4 program. Um, 3s were just they didn't go through as much. They sped the process up, I guess, cut corners and cost. I was going to so say, they... you mentioned earlier, and I don't want to sensationalize too much. Anytime there's a rally of any sort, somebody is being called a Hitler. But the Spartan 3s were literally given mental augmentation to change how they would behave on the battlefield. Very similar to the Blitzkrieg troops. Yeah. And it really, it really makes you have to go, okay, because it, it was interesting when they introduced the threes. We are s big fans of Halo at this point. There's been a couple games out. We love Master Chief. And now there's a group of children. They're still 14 years old. And they're in drug-induced, you know, blood rages on the battlefield. And we have to then reconcile the fact that they're super cool, but also that that's really horrific. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like you you have to face the the morality of the situation once you once that information is revealed and it's like you think that you know the Spartan program is great and it's it's going to to save humanity from this alien race but then you find out why it was created originally and and then you know you you have to look at Halsey and the team and the governments the government agencies mm -hmm. that approved this program and you're just like you didn't really ever stop to think if you should do this. You just wanted mm -hmm. to see if you could. Well, also at that point with the Spartan 3s, the Covenant were a bigger threat. So any questions that they had about Halsey's program would have been out the window. Right. They would have been, give right. me more, give them now. Yeah. yeah, at that point it was, do whatever you have to do to save humanity. If we have to sacrifice some lives, that's how combat works. Can I chime yeah. in one little thing? One thing I distinctly remember from the Spartan 3 program was a minor attempt to assuage their guilt was they, the kids technically volunteered and they sought out kids who were from glassed planets. If I remember correctly, it was all kids whose parents were killed I, I think by you might the covenant. Be right. 
And they basically went, you kids want to get some fucking revenge? And all these kids are like, hell yeah. And they're like, see, they volunteer. Yeah, see, these six-year-olds <laughs> just signed a legally binding contract. They were conscripted. But they had a choice. We just conscripted them anyway. Mm-hmm. Now, how did... um? Can you guys speak about how Reach kind of changed the Halo franchise? Because there were some features in Reach that the Spartans could do that we couldn't do in previous games, correct? Uh, so they introduced the armor abilities. Oh, yes. In, yes. in Halo Reach, where you had a bubble shield that you could deploy. Um, you had, uh, I believe, an overshield ability. And Didn't they uh, introduced like a shoulder charge. There was or- a shoulder charge. I just remember playing as Jorge, locking his armor down into a tank formation, basically, like yeah. in um, like in StarCraft 2. Just locking him down, and he was just sending rounds downrange. Yep. Just yeah, armor lock. Yeah, this massive tank of a, of a person. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely changed the way that the Halo game... Not games, but just it definitely changed the way you played that particular game, uh, specifically in the multiplayer. And I can tell you of many, many times where Kevin and I and and some of the other guys on the show were playing the multiplayer and we're just like screaming into our headsets at the other players who are just spamming armor lock and bubble shield because we would have killed them. But now they're, they're using these new abilities that we felt were kind of that kind of cheapened the experience a little bit but i mean that's you know that's a video game you use your tools to your advantage to defeat the other players um but it was definitely a a move forward in what was becoming a a stale multiplayer experience Mm -hmm. not only that but it was bungie's swan song before they handed it off to microsoft and 343 So it got a lot of praise just out of the fact that this is Bungie saying goodbye. Yeah, they, they really put a lot of work into that. I will I will give them that. It wasn't like a, uh, let's just slap something together and walk away. Yeah, and I, I thought it was one of the best ones that they did. Um, I still hold Reach at the, the, the top of the list yeah. as, as far as the Halo games are concerned. It was definitely one of the most impactful story-wise, gameplay-wise. It, it really it invoked a lot from the the player right so let's talk about some of the themes of the halo universe what makes you guys think that this story is so popular that it keeps getting retold and and why is the halo franchise so ingrained in modern you know gaming culture i feel like there's a lot that they can pull from it as evident of the novels and graphic novels that they've put out. It's not all focused on John and the Spartans. Sometimes it's soldiers. Sometimes it's history. Sometimes it's the forerunners, the great alien race that everyone claims in the covenant is their gods telling them to kill humans. Um, the fact that they've been able to spun, spin two trilogies, one about saving the human race from the alien parasite known as the flood, and the other, the relationship between Chief and Cortana, a holographic woman that he carried around in his head. Yeah, very, um, what was the Joaquin Phoenix movie? Her. Her? Yeah. Yeah. Halo did it way better. <laughs> Just going to go on a limb. Halo did it way better. Oh. But it's it's this, uh, 
You know, one of the things that I always find, it's this recurring theme of sacrifice. You have, you know, like the Spartans at Thermopylae, which is the namesake of the Spartans. Mm -hmm. Stories like the Alamo, um, the movie Lone Survivor with Marky Mark Wahlberg. Yep. You know, this this concept of these, these elites, you know, soldiers that are prepared to sacrifice everything to save the everyman, the mm-hmm. normal person. And there's that yeah. element in every game. I mean, yeah, Chief's unkillable, but they do a really good job of putting him in a situation where you're like, well, how am I going to get out of this one? Right. Every level design is made to not just feel like a kill box. The earlier games, they definitely were, but as they progressed more and more of those levels seem more of a, a puzzle to think tactically instead of just run in and shoot everything that moves. So th- think along just playing it on legendary with, you know, me, me and Greg used to play legendary split screen. It was like, okay, well I'm going to wait back here. You run out and try to kill as many as possible. And I'll try not to get too far so that I hit a new checkpoint. Right. Or, hey, I'll stand back here so whenever you do die, at least yeah. you can respawn. You have a nice spawn point. Yeah, you have to game the system a little bit mm-hmm. to get that edge. The The story also speaks to uh, human ingenuity. Yeah. You know, the, the concept that humanity can, sur- you know, surpass near insurmountable odds with just enough gumption, just enough will to really to really force it. It, it harkens back to... World War II and the Manhattan Project, it harkens back to so many different points in human history where mm-hmm. we were faced with a near impossible odd and we decided, no, we're going to put forth the resources and the effort and the mental capacity to to get past it. And, and you know, at, at a certain point, Halo is, is just a continuation of that theme that we love as people. We love right. hearing those stories. Yeah, but, it's, uh, it's almost like a little bit of Mass Effect too. It's like the yeah. the will to live and continuing to fight is stronger in us than most others is the storyline they're trying to get across. Right. And, and the, the persistence that they show in the entire Halo franchise, as far as the games are concerned, it's, it's very consistent. You know, you have chief that he's just going to keep on moving. He's going to keep mm-hmm. killing every covenant that he comes across until they're all dead. And he saved the human race. And then you play ODST and reach and you know how it ends. Mm-hmm. They know that they're going to die, but they do it anyway. Right. Because they are trying to save humanity. And, and that's one of the, the largest things that we, well, the largest themes that we see through the Halo franchise. But Reach and ODST humanized the Spartans. And that's the one thing that we didn't really get from Master Chief until four. Yeah, because Chief was always behind the mask, very silent. It was the only the actual interaction with Cortana that really brought him out. Right. And these and kind of expansions that, on the universe really help flush out the characters. And then you get that relationship between John and Cortana in 4 as her um, time is coming to an end, I guess you could say. And then you you start seeing him express emotions that you would have never thought were going to come out of him. So... That that's such an interesting relationship, and we don't have a lot of time to to really dive into that. That would be a whole episode on its own mm-hmm. of just the chief and Cortana, but especially right. in the last trilogy, as they're working through Cortana slipping into rampancy, it's you know you you have this juggernaut of a of a of a being. You know, obviously the chief has feelings, but we don't we don't care. 
I mean, we care a little bit, but realistically, we care about his ability to perform his job. Yeah, his ability. We care about him, you know, killing aliens and whatnot, and you know, how he feels about killing aliens, which he loves to do. <laughs> and and he, ha- he has this relationship with an AI who's, you know, mentally no different from a life from a, a human person, but not a physical construct. So you have that question of, you know, what dictates humanity, what dictates a person. Mm-hmm. And now he's dealing with her basically slipping into senility. There's a lot of weird commentary, you know, as you get older and maybe you experience an, an older relative become, you know, an undergo dementia. You look at the Cortana relationship a little differently as you watch her kind of lose her mind to a certain extent. Yeah. It, it definitely took a toll on him as evident from what happened at the end of four to where he went a wall and five. I really want to see what happens with her because when she, you know, now becomes part of the forerunners, how there's so much that could, could happen. Six really needs to hurry up at this point because I'm tired of waiting for it. And there, there's like this unfinished, you know, project in my brain of, of halo at this point. <laughs> I, I would argue that five was kind of unfinished as well. Yeah. But. I'll give you that. I, I, I can't say too much negatively about the halo franchise, but some games are definitely a little bit better constructed than others. Yeah. It, it was missing some plot points there, like mainly playing as chief, but <laughs> it, it was still an, an interesting story to see him do his own mission, not ordered and how people reacted to that. Like how Locke thought he was going to bring him in because that was like, you know, I don't even know how to equate this. It's like you, you're, David's not really bringing down Goliath in this story. Yeah, no, it, it, but, but that was his mission. He's a Spartan. So I guess he can do whatever, but he's not the chief. Nobody's yeah. the chief. There's, there's only one. Do do you guys want to talk about uh, how has Halo kind of affected your personal, you know, stories? Your is is it a big game in your kind of personal experience? Did it really impact how you play games or, or the kind of games you like, or did it really just kind of fly under the radar for you? It's definitely changed the way. As far as me as a gamer, I tend not to get too in depth into first person shooters anymore. But Halo is one that because of what it meant when it first came out, I will always go back to. No matter how much it changes, no matter how little I play the multiplayer as I get older, I still want to go back and see where they take Chief next. And if this is a, God forbid, like the end of the Chief story, what does that mean for Halo? Because that's a vast universe. It's not like he's going to live forever. Uh, Halo was among my first multiplayer experiences. And I had played Doom and Wolfenstein, you know, just like every other, pretty much every other gamer has that still plays video games to this day. They've, they've experienced either one of the two, you know. Um, but I hadn't really played around with first-person shooters for a good eight years or so. And I think Halo was one of the first ones I went back to. Um, 
after uh, Black, uh, which was uh, another original Xbox and, and PS2 title. But then I played Halo and I played the multiplayer and it, it just opened up my eyes to this whole new gaming world that I had kind of just ignored because I was busy playing my story-driven action games or adventure games. And, and when I finally got the chance to play uh, the multiplayer, I realized that I did enjoy this this shooter genre and it actually made me start seeking out other games other shooters and now you know with like bioshock and borderlands and dishonored and all these other first person games like i i found myself playing a lot more of those titles that i probably would have ignored had i not played halo yeah absolutely uh well that you mentioned borderlands and kind of how that itself is a huge evolutionary step from where we were with halo um uh, well i remember when i was younger uh when halo 2 came out uh, i had two friends that emancipated themselves from their parents so one of them they wait, both wait wait two friends yeah that's that seems aggressive it was texas leave me alone okay so <laughs> i had these two friends that emancipated themselves from their parents uh when they were in high school so they were like a junior and a senior and they were both working at walmart um, uh, cause they had a program at school, not the point, but whenever, whenever Halo two came out, they both worked at Walmart. So they were both able to pick up their copy of the game, uh, like a couple of hours before Walmart was allowing people to sell the game. So they got the nice Halo two, uh, little, uh, uh, what 10 book was mm-hmm. that with that? Yeah, it was great. One of the guys, he sold it to a guy outside of Walmart because he picked up two of them, sold it to a dude for $100 and like made some profit that night. So good, good stuff. However, uh, we would have open campus lunch and we would go to their house and play Halo during lunch instead of eating food. And that was uh, that was always a fun, fun time for me. And then, uh, yeah, like I really don't play first person shooters as as well. But, uh, you know, those some of those things that do stick out with that. Uh, I always played the multiplayer on halo so this kind of you know action adventure thing that was or is borderlands right now with you can play with your friends you do all that you know you can screen cheat a little bit because you're on the same team so that's fine um uh it was just kind of how that helped establish for me at least this whole first person shooter style of game i think i think especially on the home console side oh Oh, absolutely i I don't pc at all i play with my thumbs (laughs) So for me, I remember uh, I had gone to a friend's house, and unfortunately, this friend had a parent that passed away, so the other parent was more than prepared to spend whatever amount of money to keep his children happy, and I, I guess it worked out, but it meant he had an Xbox, like right when it came out, and he was the first person I knew had a Halo. I went over to his house, we played it for maybe an hour, then he wanted to do other things, we did them. And when he went to bed, I played it until the sun rose. And it was just, it was this game that immediately kind of got its hooks into me. And then as I, you know, I, I read the novels, I watched the, the miniseries, I watched, you know, all, all of the different pieces that kind of came together. You know, there is a, a model of the UNSC Infinity on Greg's desk because I got it for him one year. Because Greg and I really bonded over this. I, I have friendships that were formed over this game. It really changed the way how I play games because of the story element. Not necessarily 
for what it did for multiplayer, which is huge in the gaming world. But for me, it was my first big uh, fictional world that I really got sucked into the lore and I wanted to know everything. Mm -hmm. I read every piece that I, I, anything I get my hands on, I wanted to know more. And it was just this, this world that was a massive part of who I was for a long time and still is. I, for every version of the game, I've gotten at least the, you know, um, the next tier version. It was never the $60 version. It was with the bonus content. Right. And the little fold out book you could read and wh whatever it was. I've got that metal tin Halo 2 release still sitting on a shelf. Mm -hmm. I think I've got that one and the one uh, version of Reach that came with Halsey's notebook. Yes. Oh, oh the notebook. I bought the Halo Reach Xbox 360 console. I bought the collector's edition oh, that has the statue of Noble Team. I mean, I, 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 there are certain games that I will do that for. I will buy the, the most expensive version that comes with all the goodies because you get that bonus content. You get mm -hmm. that other piece, whether it's the steel book or the statues or, or Kevin's uh, Master Chief helmet for Halo 3. <laughs> I won that. It fits um, on a cat, just yeah, so you're aware. I haven't tried it. I'm pretty sure I would end up with scars if I tried putting that down. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, those types of games just stick with you, and and they kind of dictate where you go in your gaming career to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. uh, but I completely understand that you know that spending that extra money on because I I decked out. I got that Xbox 360. I bought the extra controller. Halo Reach, you know, themed controller. I bought the Halo Reach themed wireless communicator. Like I bought everything that, that they had for that. Oh, you bought in. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I um, I also want to kind of talk about, uh, did y'all ever watch Red versus Blue when it came out? I, so I still Great watch point, Red versus Blue. Dude, it is, uh, it, uh, me watching that, like uh, one of my buddies, he's the only person that had high speed internet and knew what DivX was in order to actually play the episodes because I was not any any way, shape, or form knew how to do all that, but we would wait every single time they came up with a new episode, go to his place, and just kind of see what they were able to do with this medium of like, oh no, these guys just record their TV screen after doing a hack to get rid of the little sensor or the little uh, marker for the pistol on their game, and then they record dialogue to go with it. It, 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 it. It's fantastic. It really kind of brought the idea of what machinima is to the level that we're at right now. With everything. Uh, let's yeah, it's, pause that it's thought for one second for me. I'm sorry. Do we want to get Joyce into the send session too? Do y'all want to do that? Or y'all just are we just going to roll out? What do y'all think? Joyce, you, you have words to say? Um, I'm cool just listening, actually. There's no words? No, I just want to make sure you give me an opportunity. <laughs> okay. It. No problem. All right, guys. Sorry. No, so, thanks, Craig. Never mind. You know where it is today. You two can pick it up from there. Uh, really kind of made, you know, the stepping stones for Machinima what it is today. Because, you know, we now now you can go online and you can, you know, kind of get the sprites as they are running through a program and do whatever. But then it was there. It was all they had to do was have, you know, a bunch of dudes in a box canyon and um, uh, kind of telling a story from there. I think I've rewatched that way too many times to count. Uh, me and my fiance actually bonded over red versus blue. So. Oh, no way. Yeah. Uh, so got to get down to rtx one year but uh <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing what they did with halo and turned it into like a movie production company at this point oh yeah rooster teeth yeah they're still they're still putting things out now man 
Yeah, they just uh they just did a animated series with Michael B. Jordan. Look at that. Really? That's, that's wow. awesome. That and it gave us the wonderful game of Griffball. You can't get tired of Griffball. I did need to do that. Is there anything that uh we didn't touch on that you guys wanted to uh talk about? You got anything back? No, I, I think that we pretty much covered it all. Yeah. Good job, Davis. High five. Woo! Woo! We prepared accordingly. Mm-hmm. And my opinions mattered for once. I mean, kinda. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I, I will say, speaking about y'all saying, y- y'all just being like, oh yeah, this, uh, I own this Halo thing, I own this Halo thing. It's like the first Halo thing I bought was the trade for this comic about a few weeks ago. Um, uh, feels good, man. Feels good. So, yeah. uh, again, let's just plug the show one more time. Tell everybody where you, they can find you. Uh, so if you'd like to check out our shows, you can find us at 410gaming.com. You can email us at 410gaming at gmail.com. And we're also active on your favorite social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And that is 410. Yes. W-N-E-D, correct? W-N-E-D. 410. on Spotify, I think, still, as well as your regular podcast services. Yeah, you can get us uh, you know, through the Google Store. Um iTunes, Spotify. I'm not sure if Any, still anywhere podcasts are sold. Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We really appreciate this. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. A- absolutely. Um, again, this was a lot of fun. Uh, everybody, go check out 41 Owned. Great video game podcast. These guys really know their stuff. So, really give them a listen. It's It's a wonderful resource. Thanks again to the guys from 4-1 Owned. We really appreciate you coming on and talking about this franchise with us. Davis, let's talk about some ratings here. Okay. Halo, Fall of Reach by Brian Reed and Felix Ruiz. Yes. Out on, I believe it was Dark Horse. Yes. Yes, it was, according to the spine that I'm looking at right now. Good and job. And the cool logo. Um, so, Davis, what did you think about this book? What's your, what's your rating? Well, in all honesty, Mike, um, uh, I'm going to give this one... It's got an asterisk next to it. <sighs> I regret adding these in. Hey, well, that's what you get for setting horrible precedents. You're right. It's um, my fault. Uh, uh, for me, this is... It's a borrow. It's a really weak borrow. Um, uh, that's fair. It's a, it's a borrow, asterisk, very weak. Um, uh, for someone that does not really care that much about the Halo series, it was a pretty good story. Uh, there's a lot of things that I had to do my own independent research on before you start yelling. I was going to say, in the in the immortal words of Adam DeMamp, I get it, but you're wrong and I hate you. I understand that. I get that. But it is an asterisk. It is a very weak borrow for me. It was an entertaining story. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt um, uh, that the character of Master Chief, the character development felt really flat to me. Um, uh, as far as all of that, I mean, I, I, I get, it's supposed to be the, you know, the John Everyman character and, you know, you're supposed, he's doing what he does. I Wait a minute, Davis. Yeah. Isn't his name John? Exactly. That's why it played into Do it. Do you think that was intentional? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, probably. That's fine. However, um, uh, again, borrow. However, if you are a fan of the Halo series or want to know more about the Halo series, uh, I would call this one to be a heavy borrow or possibly a buy for you. 
because uh, this is I did buy it by the way because that's the only way I could find the, the medium um, yeah. uh, minus talking to Greg which I don't like to do um, uh, that's true but again uh, if you really enjoy the Halo, Halo series you want to start you know uh, getting involved with it go ahead heavy borrow or buy but for me personally it was a uh, it was a low borrow slash medium borrow I'm going to follow suit. My personal rating is this is a buy. I love the Halo franchise. I love Fall of Reach. I love this story. Asterix. Mm -hmm. If you kind of like Halo, it's probably an okay borrow. If you don't like Halo, it's not a very good comic book. It's not a bad comic book, but it doesn't do anything cool or interesting or new or different. This is... A. Let me look at the back. This is roughly twenty four ninety nine U.S. or thirty two ninety nine Canadian lump of fan service. I paid twelve ninety nine on Comicsology. There you go. So if if you are a fan of the Halo franchise, this is a great fun companion. Mm-hmm. If you are not a fan, you're probably not going to enjoy. It. If you're just a comic fan, you're probably not going to care. Right. To be honest, because this is a standalone trade. There is no. I mean, there is the Halo Escalation series yeah, of the, comics. The, there's, other, there's other Halo series, but I mean, this is just like any other licensed property. Yeah. If you're not a fan of the original property, you're probably not going to care about the book because the a comic can do so much. Mm-hmm. This is not as good as Fall of Reach, the novel. Right. Fall of Reach, the novel goes so much more in depth. Now, Fall of Reach, the novel doesn't has, have pictures. I'll give it that. Yeah. But... Great story. And they have cuss words in it, right? If you like Fall of Reach and you want to relive reading the Fall of Reach novel without spending the, like, week it's going to take you to read the Fall of Reach novel, Mm -hmm. this is a great format. It is dense like a diamond, ain't it? As a Halo fan, it's a buy for me, but I totally get if you want to borrow or pass. Cool. Anyway, guys, thank you again for joining us, and thanks one more time to 41 Owned. Oh, um, uh, something we did not cover. Do you know my favorite theme in the Halo series? I'm going to hate whatever this is, isn't I? Right. Oh, and then you let you, your guitar You literally in. hit zero of the appropriate notes. Yeah, I know. Greg, can we make this room extra echoey? <laughs> oh. Shut up, Davis. <laughs> you know where to find us guys we are jacks of trades at jacks trades pod on instagram and twitter facebook.com slash jacks trades pod <gasps> go ahead and send us an email leave us a comment follow us friend us i don't block me i don't care do Rate something us. participate we love the participation we love the contribution guys let us know what you want to hear let us know how you like what we're doing if you want davis gone i will get rid of him i promise you yeah great debate of the week New York style or Chicago style pizza? Go, give us your opinions. They're not pizza. They're not the same thing. I know. Which one's better? It's apples and oranges, bro. One's a pizza. One's a casserole. They're both wonderful. The end. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, even though Greg's mad at them for some reason that I don't understand because I don't know technology very well. Something about oh, RIA rights. Sorry, Spotify, you're still in our good graces for now. Well, yeah, you give everybody free Hulu with a premium account. Yeah, that's weird. I'm I'm kind of mad I paid for it now, but well, well, me too. I, I I've been I've been get, technically been able to get free Sprint or free Hulu with Sprint for like a year now, but well, do it. I don't know what. I... Lazy. Go ahead and subscribe to our 
feed, get our episodes auto-downloaded, shoved down your throat, and go ahead and give us a five-star rating, a review. Those ratings and reviews help us get higher up on the searches. So if you like the show, somebody else might like the show, so help them find it. Greg, do we have an RSS feed? Yes. Cool. Greg, what's an RSS feed? You can take an RSS feed and put it in anything that reads RSS feeds and it'll pull the show. So you can do it on platforms that maybe we aren't searchable on, but your program will still run it. Like Alta Vista? I still don't know what that means. But we have one, guys. So do whatever you do with that. I think I put it in the description. I know I do for rumor flies. Anyway, thanks again, guys, for joining us. We really appreciate this. We hope you did enjoy this little departure. Next month, we're going to get back to uh, more of our standard fare. Yeah, return to uh, form, as they say. But but we do like doing these little extras, and we hope you enjoy them, too. So anyway, guys, thanks again. I'm Mike. And I'm Davis. Have a good one. And one for the road.